0: The new music podcast. Tripping balls. Squiggly D D in the three one three. Uh,
1: varying results from this week, don't you reckon?
0: <laughs> Your results may vary.
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: Your mileage may vary. Running in please well, place, at,
1: uh, at least for me. I, I,
0: yeah, I, they they can't all be winners. No, did you like? Where the do you want Zib- to start on this this week in new music?
1: Yeah, the the Zibs. Did you like the Zibs album?
0: No, no, it was fucking okay, terrible. Cool. <laughs> Whoever mixed this right. shouldn't have. I mean, it was it was basically a sub Ali demo level You know recording. Yeah. It was it was no it wasn't any it, Dude can't sing. Um, you know, it was it was But I mean it had because it's such a uh an L-plate band, you know, they're clearly extremely early in their journey. And you kind of have to judge them on potential. And you say, okay, Dude can't sing. His lyrics are asinine, his songwriting's terrible. But there there are occasionally little sparks of something like um, like they're tight enough, you know. Guitar and drums and bass are together and they, they do what they do. And there is occasionally a bit of a riff or a bit of something that makes you think these guys might have some, might have some potential. Uh, and you know, our man Cotton Herder, you know, multiple time IndyCar race winner, uh, he did a decent job on the skins. I wouldn't I wouldn't I would suggest he doesn't give up his day job mainly because his day job involves having a McLaren testing contract. He could end up replacing Daniel Ricciardo. Well, and if he doesn't, his boss Michael Andretti wants to buy a Formula One team anyway. So, you know, it might be better than just bashing away while your mate howls some dreary nonsense about chicks that didn't want to go out with him.
1: I did not enjoy this. No, <laughs> it was about my review. It was a one and done. I was, I was like, I'm really struggling to find an into this where I can, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I just, I just could not find a way. It was yet. a
0: Joker album for a reason. This was, was never good. This was going to be a. I wonder if Colton Hurd's band is any good. And the answer is, no, no. He's yeah. fine at drumming, but no, no, they're not any good.
1: Ah oh dear. Um. All right. shall we go to the? Should we go to the youngest band to the oldest band?
0: Should we go to your old mate Andy, Horace Andy?
1: I I love. I love this. The dude has a really cool voice. Uh, What I couldn't work out was whether the music was good or whether it was fairly generic reggae music that had been put around stuff that he'd written or had been written for his voice a long time ago.
0: I Uh, think the answer to that is yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, so say for it, like it's all good stuff, right? His voice is cool. It's a real, it's and it's a very reggae sort of voice.
0: So, reggae, yeah, and, and I mean, I expect that he defined what reggae sounded like for a public audience, given that he was, mm. you know, one of the leading lights for the last years. Um, yeah, which is like 68, 67, he started in the game. So, that's yeah. that's um, that's like 55 years. And he was the guy and who like, the bands like Massive Attack and um, the Chemical Brothers looked to when they wanted to do yeah. a track like this.
1: Well, when you listen to Safe From Harm, well, even as as soon as the first track starts, you're like, oh, this is the guy from Massive Attack. Like,
0: oh, Are you going to try and tell me the songs are different by listing their, so- their titles, are you? Okay, good luck with that. Uh, uh, this was the same track 11 times. It was an entirely true. respectable, yeah. dependable and predictable reggae... reggae d- a little bit of dub album. You know, within the first I would say 12 bars, but 8 bars of each song. You knew exactly what the structure of the song was going to be, what the chord progression was going to be, you knew the whole thing. And in a way that's that's actually reassuring. It's kind of you know exactly what you can expect from this. You know, you're not going to have any shocks or surprises. You know exactly there's be with the beat on the 2 and the 4 and they set they set their stall out nice and early, and then the song just does all of that does that for the next four or five minutes.
1: Yeah, that's probably right.
0: It, it I, I, not a I criticism. Guess. That's what that's what the genre is. It's a, it's
1: a foreign free storytelling. Yeah, so that's what I was gonna say. Get, and
0: on, um, this is a criticism of storytelling, but that's what the song structure is. You you know where it's going within the next, but uh, because they just su- it's such a traditional the way the way they've done it. It's it's such a well worn and well honed. Craft. You, you, you know, you know what, you know what to come next, and that's that's not a criticism because sometimes you just want something reliable. It's what people buy Toyota's. <laughs> yes, I've uh, compared a legend of Jamaica dancehall and reggae to the new Corolla hybrid. I don't
1: know what to See say. See it at your
0: that. local dealer. All right, what about or probably in a a rental your, car.
1: Got uh, guy from the D4 who I.
0: We already skipped. We already gone past Horace. I,
1: I I just don't know whether there's that, that much more of it to say, right? It's it's a it's a really uh, regulation reggae album, but yeah, I, I was sort of I was sort of flip flopping about, you know, is this boring because it's it sounds like a really regulation reggae album? And I was thinking back to that time we you know trolled through ten Bob Marley albums and were like, there's two good songs on each of these albums, yeah. or one good song, and like. There's a, a lot of filler in reggae I, I just think that Like is there an absolute Balls to the, Like is there a grey area of reggae I don't know whether there would be I, I think just the style of it And the You know the fact that There's just this insistent background Sort of beat to it Means that You're never gonna have this Barn burning Every song is a banger
0: album It's not a It's like, not a front of house Front of mind kind of Genre anyway it's something you have on while you're sitting around a campfire stoned, or while yeah. you're sitting on a beach drinking rum. You know, it's not. It's it's something where you just kind of have to let it flow over you, and the fact that the uh, the whole album sounded the same into <laughs> wind essentially um, was kind of the point. It just you just it just flowed over you, and you just had to receive it on its own terms. And the fact that that it was all good stuff, I think, doesn't you know that's not a criticism criticism of it. Certainly, I mean, it was never going to do anything interesting or controversial, and given that a lot of these songs are old songs of his anyway, um, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not sure what this album's for. You know, it's not a new album, and it's not our greatest hits album. It, it, uh, it's I, almost I, like a, I think- I'm re-recording my stuff so I own the rights to it. Kind of. It's like a Taylor Swift album. Uh, uh, I more like thought Taylor- it was, <laughs> this, is, this is Horace Andy's version?
1: I, I more thought it was like, my voice is out there on a lot of stuff that doesn't necessarily represent my style, so I'm going to re-record stuff that people know, like "Safe from Harm," in the style that I prefer.
0: But this is more of a. But this was a very modern, you know. There was a bit more, a bit more dub and a bit more, um, you know, there was a lot more. It wasn't a traditional reggae, yeah, sound at all. So it was almost like he was updating it for the, the. I wouldn't say the modern sound because you know this sound's been around since the '90s. This version of reggae yeah, has he- been around since the '90s.
1: He should have done a mashup with the Gentleman's Dub Club and the Next Men.
0: That would. Have I mean, been how would you tell the fucking difference? That's exactly oh, what I was on, thinking of. It, it, it sounded it like it modern reggae dub.
1: Yeah, but this is nowhere near as good as that Next Men Gentlemen's Club Dub Club um, mashup. Like, I will defer to your expertise I, on
0: it. I would struggle to tell the oh, fucking difference, man.
1: I think it's it's way more generic. I think it's a little. It, it's it's cool to listen to. I enjoyed it. I, it's definitely not going to be top five, but. It just, it just felt so like- So what about
0: the, the Gentleman's Dub Club and Next Man Crossover? What did that do that this didn't do, apart from the different voices and different songwriting? Um, I think it is it in a the songwriting more, or the voices?
1: Uh, uh, no, I think in the songwriting. I think that because the interesting thing is- These are is very that traditional next-
0: songs given a, a bit of a dub tickle, aren't they?
1: Yeah, the, the, this is very similar to- A bit of a dub tickle. there you go. Um, this is much more similar to- the Gentleman's Dub Club album that we did, or I that I liked the next one, which
0: was right. Yeah, more- I might, I might be misremembering the me- the yeah. album with the next man as being the album that was just the, the Dub Club by themselves, which was much, you know, we remarked on it, changing, needed that yeah, spark. Stri- A little bit yeah, like yeah. you made like- o- uh, with his stuff. He kind of needed the spark of having Sims come in and sort of, you know, start lighting fires and, and hurling Molotov cocktails at people.
1: I might go back and listen to that that Next Men Dub Club album tonight just to, to see that I'm remembering it right. But I, I can remember liking the gentleman. It was Germans. your album of the
0: year that year, so it was clearly, you know, a special. Yeah.
1: A yeah. Um, all right, come on. Talk to me about Dion Lunadon's
0: album. Um, what was it, Beyond Salvation? Beyond Everything? Beyond Salvation yeah. was, a, was an Angel's album. Um, the first song on this album sucked. I hated it. And then I loved everything else. It was what was interesting about this was that he wasn't. So the first song is kind of a, a broken-hearted '50s ooh kind of pop song, but kind of distorted and fucked up a little bit, like maybe the um, a little bit like something off that um, Bobby Lee's album. But it took it took a track or two for me to figure out what he was doing here. He, he sort of stepped away from being you know down from the D four. This is much more like. John Spencer or Ty Siegel or yeah. one of these kind of
1: De- John Spencer um, is definitely where I, I sort of came. John in.
0: Spencer, that kind yeah. of blues punk chameleon, you know, playing with distortion but still hanging things off the structure of of what feels like the blues, but um, you know, just re- and sort of digging into his into his soul and that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I I liked most of most of this album, uh, apart from the first track, just boring. Uh,
1: it's on my long list for the uh, for the top five. I, I like to do this thing where if i like an album like if i don't like the album i listen to it try and listen to it twice to, just just to make sure that i'm you know i wasn't in a bad mood or listening to it on the wrong speakers or whatever but if i like an album i like to come back to it later in the week and just try and start on track five track six yes just jump in jump in somewhere completely different just to see how that makes me feel.
0: Yeah, because track five I, is coloured by track four. You know, you know. So if you don't, if you listen to them out of context, then, although then again, that, that, our track five is meant to be coloured by track four and track three and track two. That's the whole point.
1: Absolutely, but I jumped in on Screwdriver today, and was like, a, oh, yeah, yeah Screwdriver great.
0: is a is a good
1: track. Yeah, I was like, and, and that's the thing, right? If you if you can, if you sort of, if your mind fixer, fixates around the nexus of a, of a great song and then it colours when you go back and listen to the album from start to finish it's like well I'm looking forward to that track yeah. um, but to be honest
0: I mean it's setting aside that, I mean the first track's not that bad it's just not my style I don't really like yeah, it it's just... but, and I, but, I, but it fits in the genre I mean that's the, John Spencer would have that kind of stuff on his stuff Ty Siegel would have that kind of stuff on his, on, his, on his The Bobby Lee's had a couple of tracks like that they kind of reinvented 50s sad pop that you know stri- ripped through with a whole lot of distorted guitar um it is very much in genre for that kind. of... I mean, and that Bobby Lee's album was produced by John Spencer, of course. Um, it, it is, it is, it is that kind of that kind of feel to it. But yeah, I've I I really enjoyed a lot of this stuff, a lot of this album. And the problem with reviewing albums you like is that you have less po- less things to say than if you fucking hated it, yeah. oh. as we often prove on this podcast.
1: Um, I look if you like filthy basslines, like I listen to this on headphones. Dirty oh riffs. man. Yeah, he's got some fucking good, but also on. if you if you
0: like the the D four, you'll be interested to sort of see where he's taken, uh, where he's taken his stuff. Because Luger Boa, which was Jimmy Christmas, the other half of the other creative half, of you like, of, of the D four, he went much more of a a kind of sort of polished, uh, sleazy eighties kind of feel to it. But it was still it was still riffs, but it was much more that kind of thing. He hasn't done it in quite a lot of years Um So it's, it's interesting to sort of see that somebody is. is Eighteen years past when they were um when they were prominent has, has sort of or nineteen years past when they were prominent has suddenly burst back into life. Speaking of which, the TISM comeback—what the fuck do you make of that?
1: Ah, uh, I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious on so many levels. I, we subject. should t-
0: just say um, I think we're both Patreon's of Andrew Stafford. Wonderful yeah. interview that he did with uh, Humphrey and Ron, Ron Hitler Barassi and Humphrey Beefle Bear. Uh, I think, I think Humphrey is uh, Damien Cow. Uh, Ron Barassi, I think, is Peter Minak, who hasn't, hasn't had a music career since, since and broke up. But obviously Damien's gone on and, and done the disco machine and all that kind of stuff. Um, but a lo- wonderful interview that the short version of it was in The Guardian, but, uh, Andrew's put the long version on, the, on his Patreon. Um, and it's the very tremendous form. They really are. Just as almost Look, as tremendous form as, uh, was it Ben from the Gurge who posted some sort of scathing, vicious attack on them um, that you and which, I are which- d- convinced is a bit. Convinced that they're, they're well, in on no, the No, they- no, it's,
1: it's, it's absolutely a bit, but I was just flabbergasted by the amount of people oh, like in our Twitter sort of following followers yeah. that seriously thought that the Gurge were like, you guys have sold out. I'm like, come on, God. have you ever seen these guys
0: interact? But he quoted the completely bogus $4.7 million figure that, I mean, it's clearly they're not getting paid $4.7 billion. And that was a throwaway line in, in Staffo's <laughs> thing. And then they actually admitted it wasn't enough to pay for half of the fucking year 12 fees for private school. Uh, but it was which, so obvious when which- I mean, these guys have been thinking as these feet Fucking decades, yes. And yeah. there, the abs- you couldn't. The only bands that you could think of, there are no bands you could think of that are more philosophically aligned in terms of their approaches to the state of pop music than the Regurgitator and TISM. They, they are. They completely understand each other's point of view, and their point of view uh, is uh, that uh, music is fucked, and everybody in the industry are venal pricks.
1: Yeah, and like, if you can get paid. Fucking get paid, man! Like, well, they're not. Oh, get, they're oh,
0: probably oh, not getting paid a hell of a lot. more than regurgitated, Although Regurgitator, we're like no. the ninety seventh name on that. On that, um, but it's so Regurgitator and it's so Tism to to take yeah. to do it this way to cook this shit up, and that's fantastic. I'm so glad they're back because I thought that they'd um, I'd got the impression from, you know, the, the limited things that Damien Cow had said about it was that the rest of Tism were actually really unimpressed with the way that he had. Unmasked and, and you know done his own thing and sort of kept on and kind of in a way shipped away at their legacy um, but maybe that was all maybe it's all been a long game
1: but- uh, I think too like it's it, the, the cow stuff is so niche and even tism is so niche right it's not like they were they were never savage garden right they were never <laughs> uh, they, they were never mainstream. But they were they weren't even regurgitated mainstream. They were no, definitely they weren't. Not I mean
0: of- they were. They they got an Aria that they sent um Les Murray up to receive and then he swore at the entire crowd in Hungary and he put a curse on them. I fucking love <laughs> Tism. That's the thing, wasn't it, was it um oh, no, that cricket that cricket fan uh woman that you retweeted on the balls account said great news for dad's over forty, Tism are back. <laughs> I thought Ow! I'm in this picture and I don't like it.
1: But like my boys love Greg the stop sign and like they've actually asked me questions they know what it's about they all, like not not truly what it's about, but they're like this is not quite as happy as no, what this is sense. slightly <laughs> dark
0: but you're also like, throw the uh, Gur and, and happy land at them and stuff like that which is very
1: oh yeah uh, like, I, man the, the Spotify what are you doing come on get on get on the Happy land why is Happy land not on Spotify really ju- ju-
0: Oh, I think yeah. I think we know what um, that is. It's probably got more to do with
1: the the relationship between look, the two
0: the, the two principals.
1: But I'm looking I'm looking. For, I actually think it's just like one of those things where it's like it's just fallen into the ether, and it's just too hard to like find out who has the rights and talk to them. And like the the record company that owns the rights has probably been bankrupt.
0: It's probably years. Valve. It's probably um yeah. the the label that was started by um. Oh, who was who was Regurgitator's manager? Paul, oh, I've forgotten the name. Um, it's probably him. But but that I mean, that would have been a challenge too, because at the time I'm pretty sure Spiderbait were on a really big label, weren't they? they on EMI. Yeah,
1: that's that's right. So they were yeah. so
0: they were on a big label, and Regurgitator were on it would be that Polydor. Was, actually, They're no, that was Polydor. just before Regurgitator went to because Regurgitator got a big label contract for Dot 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 Art and and so on and so forth. I think they ended up getting bought out of it because. You couldn't imagine anybody less compatible with a big label apart from Regurgitator um, other than friends of Rom who had the exact same experience who got put on a big label and released one album on it that was terrible and it was almost exactly the same time too, which kind of tells you a story. Oh. It was the time at which all the big labels were buying all the Australian indie bands and then just discovering, oh, fuck, once you pay an indie band, they're not indie anymore and they lose interest.
1: So Happy Land was on Polydor which is a UK label that's part of now part of Universal so but that
0: was separate to the label that either um, regurgitator yes. yeah. or
1: or or, or spider spider bait bait were, on. were on yeah
0: that's very strange that's extremely well,
1: strange well like Polydor's are, are really sort of indie
0: it's a very old label I kind of associated yeah, it with a, kind of sixties British stuff. I don't know whether yeah, that's no, correct. No,
1: nineteen thirteen it was it was uh um founded in Germany, so it's a very <laughs> odd label.
0: Founded as Das Polydor. And, when, and, and like most things in Germany, they can't account for their actions between say nineteen thirty three and nineteen forty eight.
1: I, I have to say it
0: was not us when
1: we started this podcast tonight <laughs> I did not think we
0: were talking about German. A German industrial <laughs> German. collaboration with the Nazis during World War II. No, I mean, that's the nature of this podcast. Sometimes you end up in places that you didn't plan to be and never, in- and never wanted to be.
1: Wow. That's, this is a fascinating read, actually. <laughs> um, anyway, where the fuck were we?
0: Um, Tism. Tism, yeah. Look. Good live band? Well, at least they were 19 years get, ago. Your mileage may vary. Get
1: them checks. Oh, look, I looked at that lineup and went, how many of these bands are actually going to be good? Like even the Gurge. Like, I just don't I think
0: know. the Gurge I think the Gurge would be good life. Because they've been honing their skills as a as a children's act. And you can't play shit to kids. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll give you <laughs> feedback. They won't just cheer along like boo they'll cry and they'll run to their mum. So, you know, you can't be a shit children's act. So I think that they really honed their act there. Yeah. But I, some of some of the others I'm, I'm you know, not so convinced by. But that was that was a really weird festival lineup, I have to admit. And it's gonna be a like a like, like a, a when Liverpool or Homebreak did the tour thing, they're doing Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane yeah. um, at various large venues. And I'm not sure people are ready to go back to a festival space, particularly after that mean man said that everybody over 35 shouldn't go to festivals because you're embarrassing yourselves. You don't realise how silly <laughs> was, you look. <laughs> Notwithstanding the fact that everybody over 35 gives so little of a fuck about the opinions of anybody under 35. That we delight in embarrassing you, you pathetic little child. I I just laughed.
1: That, like, I, I, if someone who was- There are lots of
0: people who go like, no, oh, I'm cool, I'm cool. They're like, for fuck's sake. Why do you care what this child has to say? But that's the thing,
1: right? If you were 20 and had that opinion, I would actually really respect you, right? I absolutely
0: because- would have had that opinion. I'm like, look at that old fucking munter. Yeah, you know?
1: but if you're 32 and having that opinion, dude, you're just as washed as I am. Yes, I they're going to w- see
0: you as a fucking pedophile just as much as they would me.
1: Yeah, I, I was way more washed at 32 than I am at 44. Heaps more. So Well, it kind <laughs> what of just trails off in
0: asymptotes. It kind of gets logarithmic. It, it just sort of evens out. <laughs> now, the like, I was more washed between the ages of 28 and 32 than I have been at ever since. The,
1: the, the lack of self-awareness was just hysterical. It was delightful.
0: It was just delightful. It's the sort of tweet that you know that I hope the dude's on Twitter long enough so that when he gets to 35, he's like, oh, no. Oh. oh crap. Oh. <laughs> oh, dear. Complete, you know, I don't want to be, uh, I, I want to be sex worker positive, but man's an attention whore. And speaking of which, Drake mm-hmm. released an album on NBA Finals Game <laughs> 6 night because he needs those clicks. And um, Look, surprisingly enough, it's apparently shit. Uh,
1: isn't it nice when people come round to AOA oh, think?
0: Yeah! So. The album's called Honestly, really Honestly Never Mind, which is both an album title and an album review. And I think that's quite appropriate.
1: Well, it's nice that he's doing the headline work for all the stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's like, there.
0: well, it saves the trouble. But it is. When they, it was funny, though, because when the album dropped, there was that initial spark of, I have to be seen to like the Drake thing like there was with that Kendrick album, and, you know, there's been multiple cases of it. I'm sure the Beyonce album will be the same in a month or so when it drops. And it's like this spark of, oh, Drake, new Drake, fire, fire emojis, all that kind of shit. And then suddenly people are going, this album is, is interstitial music for Love Island. You know, it, it was generally just getting fucking hammered from all parts. It was getting clowned like Steph Curry's shoes back in the day. And I was like, ah, oh, it's nice when people finally, you know, they, they shed the group think thought, I need to be seen to like this, and they just t- tell the people what they really think, which is this is toilet, and it needs to fuck off. The
1: the, the thing I don't understand about Drake. So, uh, He's my, so insipid. My, my boys have been watching Miss um, uh, Marvel, which is pretty good for kids their age. It's It's not bad TV. Um, but the weekend well, well, my, does. The-
0: my eldest has been watching Archer, so which is probably a bit less. Yeah, probably, but he is he yeah. is fifteen and taller than no, me. So a, that's, that's I don't have much perfect,
1: to do with it. That is a perfect show to watch when you're fifteen. Uh, he's been fantastic.
0: <laughs> he's <laughs> he's just been smashing it. He's up to series eleven already.
1: So so the theme song for Miss Marvel was by the weekend, and like I I. I knew that The Weeknd existed. Like, like I know that The Weeknd is an artist that is very big and (laughs) popular.
0: It's the the bit that happens when we're recovering from the hangovers we get from recording this podcast. But I I don't think
1: I really knew what his music was. Haven't we done like
0: multiple of his albums? No.
1: I don't think we've done a Weeknd album. Yeah,
0: I've definitely done one. It might have been without him though. So.
1: Uh, Okay. Yeah, I don't think I'd done one. But it was like. I was like, oh, so this is cool. They're using an '80s song as their theme music, and and then like I'm searching for the song, and I'm like, hang on, this song's like two years old. This is pure '80s nostalgia, like not not even ironic.
0: Yeah, that that's that's what the weekend sounds like.
1: Yeah, not not even ironic '80s nostalgia. This that's is just like direct lift, 80s direct nostalgia. lift, shameless lift. But the thing about it is is when you nail that sound and you write a song like Blinding Light, it it's a really fucking good pop song. Eh, the other stuff, not so much, because I went and actually like had to listen to some of the other songs. Ah, okay, so the, the, it's very, very variable. But um, uh, uh, the, the, they just came home from their school disco, right? And all the teachers are doing the music for the school disco.
0: Oh, so, so they're not playing um, Rage right Against the Machine like they were playing at their school discos?
1: Well, they're playing...
0: Forty-year-old
1: crappy pop songs, and I'm like, oh, like you "Brown Eyed
0: Girl" a- and that kind of shit, or
1: ah, oh, like the fucking Chicken Dance and the Macarena, mate. Like,
0: yeah, but that's oh. that's as G-rated as you can get. You're absolutely not going to have any complaints from any Christian. Cause the problem is you, you've got a, you don't have to pitch it for the 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 median parents. You have to make sure that it's, mm. that you're not going to get any complaints from the hardcore yeah, Christian
1: parents. The the emails, but yeah. I was like, like that 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 weekend song is a perfect song you could play for eight to 10 year olds like what, what I can't feel de- my face the song about taking far
0: <laughs> too much cocaine <laughs>
1: Well, we do live in lower, upper tambourine uh, Lower, what is it? Upper Bean Lee, not lower tambourine If
0: you've forgotten um, where you live <laughs> Here's the problem It's not just what the song, what says in the song They'll look it up and go Oh, that song's about cocaine How dare you <laughs>
1: Meanwhile, all the kids are just like, you know Bouncing around to the fucking pop group. I can
0: feel my face when I'm with you And <laughs> i You know, fucking, just let them have some fun <laughs> and meanwhile, our generation religion to let like, the angels am I ever gonna see your face again? No way, get fucked fuck off.
1: Oh, fuck off. Oh, Are you I fuck off. Know. Anyway, look, yeah. I I don't mind if he swears in a in a bit of music for him.
0: That's because you're a couple <laughs> Now what's your new album for this week?
1: I'm going to go with your suggestion for the new album for this week. Oh, okay. Uh not just because you suggested it, because I also had it on like I've got a whole heap of um Sort of genre specific um, tabs open from of I think is the 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 site that I used to like try and track all the new albums that come out. And that was actually on one of my tabs. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, so th-
0: this this album I sent you is um, honestly oh, Nevermind nice. by Drake. <laughs>
1: no? <laughs> no, no, this was gonna uh, go with this was
0: a, um, a kind of a blues funk jazz soul one of them things kind of band. Uh, cool. yeah, or-,
1: big, or-, big, or-, big, or-, or Or Big Ben. or gone I think Orgone. there's there's an
0: umlaut over the second O, so I'm going with Orgon, and it might just be German for organ, as far as I'm concerned. But look, I, that, I they popped into the- my my uh, release radar, and I went, I really like this, but I reckon, given that Bezo sometimes struggles <laughs> to find an album, I'm going to flick this to him, just on the old chance that he doesn't have anything for this week. And uh, better still, it was already on your list, so that that works out well.
1: Yeah, well, it was like you you know where you get that um. Like, like a TV show or a movie where someone recommends it to you and you go, oh, yeah, okay, that that sounds interesting. And then, when like, you get
0: the second bit of- um,
1: Yeah, it, or the second or the third person goes, hey, yeah. you know, have
0: you seen Letterkenny? Have you seen Letterkenny?
1: Because that's what, literally what happened with Letterkenny. It's like- all these
0: fucking people oh, keep a- <laughs> mentioning Letterkenny. This is, this is where this is where you do your forty seventh fucking. You know, <laughs> I'm beginning to think Shawsy is the Little Sims of this year's season. Oh, uh, it contractually absolutely. obligated it is, mentions it, it, of fucking Shawsy.
1: It is absolutely the uh, Little Sims of this year. Fuck yeah, um,
0: it's not a good year, folks.
1: So yes, let's go with Lost Nights.
0: So, so the album that that I'm getting that with at the moment is Perfume Genius, and um. I don't think I would like Perfume Genius and I don't want to listen to it. But every, I keep hearing the, the cosmos keeps telling me that Perfume Genius is something that I should be listening to. People on Twitter, I know Dave from, um, Drive-Thru Pod was bigging it up, but, um, yeah, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'd be that into that. Uh, you know, that's a, uh, that's as much of a mention of Perfume Genius as is going to get on this podcast, I think.
1: So who are they? Is it oh, It's all, that's it's the- all
0: single. It's a one dude. Operation.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've just, I've just seen it come up on my new release. It's Kind of making,
0: yeah. It, it, it's getting a lot of buzz, but I don't think I'm going to like it. So weirdly enough, I'm not going to pick it. It's funny and how I'm shit works, sure isn't
1: not, it? I'm pretty sure you're not going to pick the Drake album. So, I mean, I can if you want. No, I, I really don't look. If, if people that <laughs> like, no, this we sort don't of even years- want to do it
0: for the bit. I don't even want to do it for the no. bit.
1: No. I'll do I'll do Kendrick. Look, I'd even do the post Malone album for the bit. I do not want to do it. Well the Drake
0: Kendrick album. thing was at least because he's he's remarked upon as being artistically interesting. And in in a, in a way that album was a bit too fucking interesting. But I don't think that's that has ever been a Drake has never been accused of that. He's just making no. you know, bangers for Crittens So what are you gonna go with? I'm Tom? gonna go for a um something that popped up in my new New Zealand listings. Um a Kiwi band called Endboss. Um, a, a, basically a, a metal band uh, but not a uh, metal band I'm uh, more uh, a bit more melodic than that so female led but uh, dudes making the axe work well that that'll be a nice I should actually point. check whether that's um, available in Australia but you know, we'll figure it out if it's not we'll pick something else but
1: uh, what are you going to go for the Joker? Because I'm I pretty the sure you won the week. Yeah, I think you won the week. I, I, I think I like that D4 spin off way more than you like the reggae. I, uh, I was thinking about that the, the Jaguar Jones album as a. Did have got an like album out? there. Jaguar- yeah. Did we like the first one? I think we. That sort was of,
0: an EP. I remember one track being good and the rest of it just being really forgettable.
1: I I, I sort of felt like it was a like an art space. You know, it was interesting but not a hundred percent enjoyable.
0: Things like getting mixed up but- with like Sasami ses- uh, and a bunch of other kind of yeah individual Um, jobbies. Mm. um No, I'm going to use my Joker and I'm going to use it to dust off a legacy act. I think she have not had one of them for a bit. That there's been any good. Uh, I'm going to go for Reef from the West of oh, England. Okay, yeah, from yeah, new yeah album. right. And uh, I think they they become they're sounding more and more like. Um, golden era black crows uh, as they go along. Although, to be fair, place your hands. Couldn't have sounded any more kind of yeah, more soul, Motown, black rock and roll. But on those first couple of Reef albums, I really loved. I, I really thought they were a, a, a fantastic fusion of um, almost kind of new wave chili peppers, funk with grunge, Brit pop, rock. It was just a really, a, a couple of really, really enjoyable albums. And I thought they kind of lost their way later. Because they tried to make it more commercial, and it lost the essence of where they came from. But um, yeah, so I'll go for the new album from Reef, which I can't remember the name of, but um, you know I'll find it. So that, and no Drake because fuck that guy; he's got enough attention as it is.
1: But before we go, I want to shout out. Um, I want to shout out YouTube because there's oh good because like- because
0: they, they need more attention. Yeah, yeah, Congratulations just for like- all the work you've done to promote Nazis and <laughs> uh, men's rights activists and uh, anti-trans people and um, other pieces of shit.
1: There's a whole bunch of live and you know, Dead. like the NPR. There's the NPR stuff, and there's you know, there's a whole heap oh, of tiny stuff desks. On there. tiny desk, and colours, and there's a whole heap of little live performances, you know, three song sets that exist out there for bands to go and do. And, like, it's a fucking rabbit hole you can you can go down. But um, there's a, an artist that I'm pretty sure we did his album when it came out, Michael Kiwanaka. Kiwanaka? Yep. I think we, we did his album, which was uh, – I'm pretty sure his album was fairly pleasant. Um, but he has a, a live version of Cold Little Heart that is – just like i think i think it's in it might even be in the abbey road studio but he's shot really really interestingly but he's just a great um example of doing something completely different with a live song than you do with like like a live studio song than just a uh like a, a Spotify album, you know, normal album version that's going to go on Apple Music or Spotify. Um, so yeah, have a look at the the Cold Little Heart live session on YouTube. It'll probably be on other platforms as well, but I, it'll I just probably find be that in the
0: show notes of this podcast.
1: I, I just find that stuff really fascinating because Spotify and Apple Music have done a really shit job of capturing that, like, uh, that that live performance music in an audio form, like Yeah, I, I it's only
0: if you've got a dedicated live album you don't well that's that's because they only ever have one you know, usually they have like one version of every song. It's the Yeah that whereas YouTube will have forty seven thousand versions of every song, you know, it might be somebody recording it on their fucking phone in a terrible out of focus way. Yeah. But um, because of that, you know, they're not trying to curating it in the same kind of way. So that you yeah, know, like you've got the, a lot this, more to search through, but you can find some gold.
1: Like this is arranged and set up and videoed, yeah. to be live. Like yeah,
0: you're trying to find that that you know the pro shot um, gig footage or, yeah. or the or the, the but, what but we, the, we would have called the live at the wireless kind of set, like Triple J used to do. Well, they still yeah, do like even like even like, now like they're when all you fucking it, like- covers. <laughs>
1: even when you watch it you'll understand what i mean like the the intro the way that the, the they let the song develop which is just not something that you would do in an album version that you but you would do in a live version you would do in a live set and it's just amazing and i, I like i love trawling through the artists that i like looking for this shit because um i and I, I, I guess before you would only See that if you saw them live, but a lot of the you know a lot of bands aren't travelling these days. This is the this is the way you get to see it, um, yeah. So anyway, check out Cold Little Hard on on YouTube. I'll send you the link.
0: He won't. I'll have to Google it when I do the show notes for this in about four days' time. <laughs> Probably.
1: All right, Doc. Uh, good chatting. I think that's quite I'll talk- of us I'll talk to you next week.
0: Cheers, man. See ya. <laughs>